0: Hey, how you doing? I am Steve Shane, the creator of the Give All Neuro Journal and High Performance Real Estate Coach. I got connected through Pablo because we have a friend named JT who is awesome as well. And he said, hey, you're awesome, you're awesome. Let's all be awesome together. And you should get to know Pablo because he will rap for you.
1: Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person, and therefore has something to teach you. And you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. Welcome back to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I am your host, Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector. And today we got somebody that I'm a very big fan of. Steve Shane is a top performing realtor in North Florida and is a high performance coach for business owners in the real estate space. His obsession with joy and performance has helped him create the Give All Neuro Journal that we're gonna talk about today to help everyone find fulfillment in their work. He's a super woke dude, that makes gripping content on Facebook that I just can't take my eyes off of. My good buddy, one half of the new Navy Spikeball team, Steve. <laughs> hey, welcome, Steve, buddy. Hello, Pablo. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm super pumped to have new you on. New Navy, I'm...
0: right here. Boom. <laughs>
1: new <laughs> Navy. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, it's an inside joke from me buying a bunch of clothes from Old Navy and showing up to Spikeball and Steve being my partner. And we dominated, so now we're going to we dominate. Did very
0: well. We definitely dominated that day.
1: Steve, as I told you before we start the show, and probably because you listen to all my podcasts, you know this, but my whole thesis on human connection is there's two quickest ways. One is to add value to someone's life, which we're going to do here in your story and in what's going on with your journal, but the other is to share a vulnerability with people. So I like to ask my guests to share something that they're struggling with right now so that our friend that's listening in our ear can quickly connect to you and, and and see you on a human level, man. What are you struggling with these days?
0: Well, it, it's not so much a struggle. It's just an experience that I'm having and I'm experiencing a, I'm going to be real right here, a marriage that's falling apart and also trying to restart a business. So I'm rebooting my entire life right now. You know, it, things, things dramatically changed. I was building, I was working towards building a new business at the beginning of 2020 I got all my money and everything lined up and then March 15th hit and all that disappeared. So I started scrambling and, and, you know, life was happening before that happened. And, you know, I adapted as quickly as I could and changed and life got lifey and life got complicated. And so I'm experiencing that. I I can choose to struggle with it, (laughs) but I'm experiencing that and everything that comes with it.
1: Man, you know, you have always been this guy that every time I meet with you, you have this like wonderfully positive perspective. You seem to be very present and engaged with whatever I'm saying. And you know, you've been you've been going through this long, right? The entrepreneurial life is tough, right? Like the the marriage life, if it's not completely solid underneath that, makes it exponentially harder. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you show up as such a like a positive influence, man? Do you take time for yourself to to feel the downs and share that with anybody, or are you kind of
0: just always focusing on the positive. Can you give me a little bit around that? Well, to to give you a big background on that, I'm almost 12 years sober and I do a 12-step recovery program to help me with that. And so the benefit of being in that recovery program for myself and making it a priority in my life is that I've got a core group of men that know me completely. They know my shadows, they know my lights, they know everything in between and because I'm fully seen and recognized by somebody, I feel safe to be who I am. And being able to have that space where somebody deeply cares about me and listens to me without judgment helps me dump my, my baggage. And then I'm not taking it to the spike ball court. I'm not taking it to the listing appointment. I've, I've left that where it needs to go. And I processed it so I can be present in everything else in my life. Uh, and i'm it's it is a massive gift of my sober journey that you now i've I've moved multiple times in my sober journey, and instantaneously, I find people who I can connect with, and we can be that resource for each other and it's it's one of the most amazing things that's come from not drinking,
1: yeah, that's really powerful, man. to have that container where you can really let it out and be seen, as you just said. Is definitely something that I think most people lack, right? Like, is because people can have a wide social circle, but then there's no boundaries between the container and not the container, or some other people just don't have people to do that with. But that what you just described sounds like a really ideal kind of scenario. And I didn't realize it, but I guess I guess that's that's what gets you to sobriety, right? That that's what gets you over the bridge when you're when you're letting that go, and it's designed in such a way because to get through these really really hard times people kind of need that right
0: well yeah, and and we're being programmed now because of the scroll and because of the swiping left and the swiping right to find love and all this other stuff we're being programmed by our phones and content in front of us that we only can show our good stuff and like there's there's like a small tribe of people who are like oh look I'm 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 broken too but it's also I'm broken too to generate content and things like that and the we're, 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 our bs meter is really refined now because of that. So when we see somebody being transparent but not really, we see that, and it's, and we want authenticity in our life. And there's also this programming that tells us that we can't we can't be broken. And then it, it's a natural instinct as humans, because back when we were tribal, it, the people who were broken and who were sick, they were forced out of the village. So instinctually, we won't show our vulnerability because we don't wanna be forced out of the village. That's like hardwired into us. So to be able to have a space, like you said, that container, where I can say, hey, this is something I'm struggling with, or this is a thought I've had. Have you thought to have that thought? Like, am I crazy? Like to be able to have that space where I can trust that I can air that out and nobody's gonna push me out of the village, but better yet, because of the, the people I hang out with, we're an island of misfit toys. We all have weird baggage. And we all get to come together and be like, I had this thought, be like, I don't have that thought, but I love you still. Like, (laughs) it's such a beautiful gift that it gives me the space to, you know, be positive in everything else I do because I feel loved. And it's taught me how to love myself in a way that I didn't know was possible. Because at the end of the day, I think the journey for me is always, if I love myself and if I'm okay with myself, then I can be okay with you. Because if I, does that make sense? I can honor you completely because I honor me completely. It's that old namaste, the light in me sees the light in you stuff.
1: Yeah, man. That makes total sense, dude. And and this is this isn't a microcosm, kind of like why I love interacting with you, man. I feel like we always get deep really, really quickly. And you're just such yeah. a like you're such a light man. I really appreciate this, right? Like I Brene Brown, I've heard her say something along the lines of the perfect boundary is the exact distance from where I can love you and love myself the same amount, right? Which is yeah. kind of what you were what you were describing there, man.
0: I have a buddy from back in my Los Angeles days. She was a comedian and we're sitting by the bar one night and uh, this is in my drinking days. <laughs> and we're having this conversation and she's like, I was super high the other day and I was watching two candles flicker. And when one candle flickered, the other one would stay still and watch it and kind of bend towards it a little bit. And then the other one would bend the other way and the other one would be still. And what they were doing there, they were honoring each other's dance. And that's what I realized what love was. It's being able. She she shared that with me, and we both had that you know profound. I'm at the bar. Holy cow, we understand life moment. But it's this profound moment where I I want to watch you dance. I want you to be completely in your light and in your ability and in your giftedness, and I want to honor that and give you the space to do that. And also, I'd like I'd like the same from you. But I'm not I'm not I'm not jumping into your flame trying to steal your flame. I'm not jumping into your flame, trying to get in your dance. I'm watching it and I'm honoring it and I'm respecting it from a distance. I think that's why I enjoy hanging out with you because I get to watch you dance. You know, I get to watch you tap dance and sing and like, and bring your whole entire spirit into everything you do. And I get to lean forward and lean in and I get to learn from you. I get to watch you. Like you talked about how, how do we add value in people's life? Like from day one, when we met, you know, through our friend JT, like, that's been kind of our dance. It's like, how can I give to you? How can you give to me? How can I honor you? And it's such a cool, it's a great relationship. And I, I feel like I can be completely honest with you. And I, like, you're one of those container people in my life as well. And that's that type of intimacy is so rare in men's relationships that it's really important to me to hold on to those, especially men's relationships in the business world, because there's, there's the bros out there who are like, let's go get money brah, you know, like, you know, and that whole thing. And then there's the, the completely opposite side where like, you know, we're, we're, we're getting crystals and we're trying to like bring in the shamans to get our business together. And for me, it's hard to find my tribe. And you, you and I connect on that, like a little bit in between, like, how do we get in between that? Like, you know, the spirit's taking care of us. And also, let's go grow this thing. It's a very interesting balance, and we're able to do that together. And I, I love that about our relationship.
1: I'm touched, man. Like I, I, I completely agree with you about that. About yourself, right? Like the, like the idea that you are, you are one of these people that I can, you know, look for crystals, grow, and bro with. <laughs> crystals and bros. <laughs> crystals and bros and crystals. Oh, I love it, man. I love it, dude. And and like you know, you're. You are this rare archetype, right? Because it's because you're in the real estate world. The real estate world is super broy, right? Like on both sides, right? Like the the female mm-hmm. equivalent of the the broy realtor lady is also there as well, right? Yeah. Like the, the glitz and glamour, whatever, man. But I, let's let's dive into let's dive into some of the stuff that you're doing, man. Like I, I know that you are a top performing realtor. I know you got this like VA company of call centers, man. And then you just launched this neuro journal. Tell me tell me about this neuro journal, man. I'm super fascinated by this. And by the way, I've pre ordered
0: one. Oh, thank you. Um, we're excited to get that to you. So what, what I've experienced over the past few years is, you know, with, with ups and downs of life, you know, how do you maintain your motivation, your positivity and your focus? Cause life is going to happen. And, and so I, because I'm constantly seeking that edge and I'm surrounding myself with top performers and things like that, you know, we're all reading each other like great books and things like that. and for me, it was really important to try to figure out how do I be okay when I'm not okay? And I found a lot of those tools in the books I was reading in the masterminds I was doing um, at the conferences I would go to. And one of the things that really got me like geeked out was brain science. And what I mean by that is I felt myself trying to do things but it wasn't working, but I was doing what the coaches said. I was doing what the book says. There was something, there was a gap that was missing in there. And what I was actually doing is I was working against my brain, thinking thoughts and different creating different thought patterns that were not helping me. So as I dove more into brain science, I learned about how there's neuroplasticity and, you know, how certain hormones affect our brain and our body different ways and our nervous system. The fact that 95% of the things that we do on a regular basis, we have no control over. Like I'm talking to you. Yes, that's the control. But how am I standing right now? Like my muscles are holding me in place on these bones, and my lungs are moving up and down, pushing air in and out. And I'm not thinking of that consciously, it's just happening. But that means that my nervous system is still happening, even though I'm having a thought. So there's a lot of processing power and going up there in my brain. And if I'm not paying attention to what I'm putting in my brain, then I can't guarantee my results. But if I pay attention to what I'm putting in my brain, I can have a better odds of my results working out in my favor. So as I dove more into this, I just created a practice for myself personally around gratitude and intention and visualizations and being prepared and sending love to other people and appreciation and learning is a massive tool for me. And also love is a massive tool for me because I think that's the whole point of why we're here. And so the give all journal is actually an acronym here. I'm going to hold it up for the people who are watching on the video. It's G is for gratitude the I is for intention, the V is for visualization, E is for equipped, A is for appreciation, learning, and love. And what those things do in our body, in our nervous system, in our brain, if we use that on a regular basis, you feel better. Your life may not be better. Your business may not be better. But your motivation, your focus, and your positivity is up and if if I'm in control of those things, I'm in control of where the ship's going. one of ah uh, one of my digital mentors is a guy named Tom Fair. He's a a brilliant real estate coach online. And Tom talked about on one of his uh, podcasts or like one of his you know digital content moments how if you're on a boat and you're going in the ocean and you don't have a destination, every single wave feels like the last wave you're ever going to get hit by. Because it's just oh here's another wave here's another wave boom, but if I know where I'm going if I set my sight on the shoreline when I hit a wave I'm gonna feel that wave, but it doesn't matter because I'm gonna keep going. So if I'm in control of my motivation my focus and my positivity I've set my shoreline, I've set the I've set my sail better. I'm able to control the impacts of life, and they don't they don't hang on me as much they drift off me. Because I'm in control of my mindset, and that's what the journal is all for. It's it's a daily practice to help you control your mindset. Because again, life is going to happen, and that's that's the whole point of it. And I'm really excited to share it with the world. I, I've done a couple beta tests with some friends, and you know, a couple friends in recovery, uh, a couple friends in the real estate world, a couple friends outside of it, and they've all come back to me and said, "I didn't realize how much this would help. Like, this really has helped me just stay on top of my game." And it's it's so heartwarming to know that this thing that I created out of my my pain and my suffering and my struggle is now a gift to other people, and I'm really excited that it's going to happen and more people will get to try it out.
1: That's really cool, man. I like it. Yeah, hold, hold that thing up again, man. It's like it's like it's like a Bible bound. What is that thing? It looks super. Yeah, like... it's
0: it's got like a a, a wax coating. It's got oh. a little emboss there, and then this is the beta. So this yeah. is actually when we get it in production these two pages will be switched but you can see that it's just it's a simple daily practice every page is pretty much the same you're going to have the first thing you do is you're going to write down things four things you're grateful for and that's like the most important thing gratitude creates an abundance mindset but there's gratitude list and then there's gratitude list with intention and what i mean by that is when you say what you're grateful for cool i'm, I'm grateful for it but when you say i'm grateful and why what you're doing is you're hard charging that connection now. So the way our brain works is the the cliche is neurons fire together, wire together. So in other words, when I create a connection, that's a, a firm connection. So if I do something over and over and over again, I'm creating that connection. and the strong the more I do it, the stronger it is. Another aspect of that, if something is emotionally charged, like trauma, or like the birth of your child, You remember that it's an emotional nervous system connection. So if I think about what I'm grateful for, and then I put an emotion to it that charges up and strengthens my ability to have gratitude in every aspect of my life. And then my, uh, my abundance mindset expands. And then I get to walk around with that light feeling because everything around me is, I'm grateful for the sunshine, I'm grateful for the food, I'm grateful for my bed, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm standing, I can breathe, I can talk, I'm hanging out with Pablo. I can find gratitude much faster when I train my brain to find it. And then I strengthen that connection. And then that's what that's what the journal does without me, like you know, there's a little explainer at the beginning of the journal, kind of talking to you about how everything works and why it works in our brain. But it's just those little things. And, if I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't really get the value out of saying gratitude plus emotion yeah but adding those two together makes a huge difference in the way you approach your life.
1: I'm super pumped to get this thing now, right <laughs> Like when I letter it's like, just one letter <laughs> yeah listen man when I bought this thing I was like I'm gonna support Steve no matter what but now that you explained this, I'm super super pumped. I literally just finished the art of the impossible by stephen Kotler, which is the neuroscience and biology of flow state right so
0: oh i got to read that
1: yeah yeah i'll i'll send you the audiobook man and it's and it's there's a lot in there that really is supported by absolutely everything you just said right like gratitude and all these different things and all the things that you can do to kind of what you said is that practice right like if you if you wire your brain to recognize flow state quicker you're able to get into it quicker and you're able to, you know, kind of do all these things. What, how did you, when did you first start studying the brain and studying all this like neuroscience? Was it while you were getting sober? Was it before that? Have you always had an interest in this? Did you minor in, in like psychology in college or something? Like what, how, what? I was a music theater
0: major. I was learning how to sing and dance. Yeah, you boop, are. Boop, um, <laughs> no, I, I started geeking out on it because... You know, probably about two or three years ago, one of the first books I got into was Charles Duhigg. I think it's ever, he's kind of the first gateway for a lot of people brain science wise with the power of habit. And the thing that tripped me up reading that book was he talked about the T-square maze. So it was a maze in the shape of a T and there was a little box at the bottom of the T and they put the mouse there and had all the little brain things on top of the mouse. And then there would be a click sound. The gate would go up and the mouse would sniff his way. Down the end of the T maze in the shape and then go to the left to find the piece of chocolate. Well, when they first did it, it took the mouse like 20 minutes to get down a straight line and turn left to find that chocolate. And they measured the brain activity of that of that animal at that time. And the brain activity is going crazy. It's it's trying to read, you know, where are my feet, where am I in where am I in this new space, and all this. And the brain activity is going crazy. Well, they, they run that, that thing, that little maze like 200 times with, the, with the, uh, the mouse. And by the time they get to 200, they, they put the mouse in the little box and brain activity is going wild. Why am I in this box? What's going on? And then that click happens and they found the brain activity went down to virtually zero and the mouse went down into to the left. And so the brain activity went down. So if the brain activity goes down, that means I can process other things. I can do other stuff while I'm doing this. And the example they use in the book, which is fantastic, is the first time you learned how to drive and you backed out of the driveway, you know, you're checking your mirrors, you're looking all over, there's so much going on. And if you thought about pulling out of the driveway today, you probably were like on your phone drinking coffee at the same time. And you're like, you don't even realize, you're I mean, people who actually left, even though we're, you know, a lot of us are still locked down. <laughs> um, like, it just happens. Like you can do all these other activities while you do this core activity that you intended to do. And I think that's what triggered me was I learned that, okay, I, my brain is going to learn stuff and put it into my subconscious. So how do I support my subconscious to support me in the activities I want to do? And that's where I started reading Dr. Daniel Amen, Joe Dispenza. I mean, Tony Robbins has a ton of stuff on that with NLP and neuro-linguistic neuro- I started getting more into that stuff. And the more and more I learned about it, the more I was like, wow, this, these are tools that are available to everybody. Yeah. you know And we all can benefit from this, but we need tools that make it simple and approachable and make it a part of our daily life. Because otherwise it feels like I have to do a 65 minute meditation. I have to listen to this guy speak to me and I've got to do affirmations and all this other shoulds. And we we think that we should be doing all these things. The purpose of this journal is how do I make it a 15 minute practice? How do you do it in 10 or 15 minutes? So you can get it done and it helps you be productive because, you know, we talk about in in the journal, you know, visualize your most successful day. How do you be equipped? Like, what do you need to pack in your bag today? Because that's important. And um, there's journals that are all about emotions and they're they're like, let's do some like therapy in a journal. And you're emotionally hung over after doing it. It's like a retreat in a book. And you can't do it in 15 minutes. That's a 30, 45 minute, if not two hour practice. And then you've got the super productivity journals that are all about to-do lists and goals and they have like the quotes that like make you feel like less of a person because you're not working as hard as the book. And there has to be a balance between the two because we're humans. We're not robots. We're humans. We're not just emotional putty. Like we have to have that balance because we're still dads, we're still moms, we're still business owners or employees. Like life is gonna happen. We're still spike ball partners.
1: (laughs) Maybe all this rings so true to me, right? Like this year for me is like the year of discipline, right? Because I'm for a very, very long, long time, I was kind of self-sabotaging because while I was okay with very high expectations being put on me from other people, and I I'm in. I'm in for the high expectation, right? Like I, I do believe that I've been giving enough talent to be able to require high expectations of myself. I was just never okay with the path there that the people putting the expectations on me expected me to take. And as I've gotten able to kind of draw my own path, and now I see that light of the high expectation coming over the horizon. And it's, and you know, that sun is rising over, I think, what is going to be this decade of my life where I'm really creating this impact and I'm really believing it and I'm doing it the way I want to do it. I've realized that what I need to do is dedicate myself to discipline and, and stop these kind of like habits that stop me from, you know, the procrastination and, and all these different things. And and the way I'm doing it right now is very similar to what you just described, right? Like I've, I've, I've given myself, I, I need to like meditate for 10 minutes in the morning and stretch for two minutes and, you know, then when I'm walking my dog or whatever, I'm listening to some content and I'm putting some good stuff in my ear. And and the idea of anything more, and I, I still struggle with it, right? Like even the, the idea of anything more than 10 to 15 minutes to put into my day would be daunting, right? Like there's, there's no way that I could do it.
0: And I, I guess- At one point, my morning routine was like an hour and a half long. between working out and meditating and writing and uh, it was an hour and a half like seriously (laughs) and it was just i just had a case of the shoulds i was just shooting all over myself like if i don't do this i'm never going to be the person i'm supposed to and and i was just i was putting myself on the cross and and i was getting something out of it i was getting some sort of satisfaction like look how hard i'm working but it, it didn't show up on the ledger line it didn't show up on on the happiness for steve line and then also i've hit i hit the mountain you know i got to the mountain and i got where i'm supposed to be the sun came over and the sun was shining on me and it felt empty Mm. like so that's the trap we run into it's like if we're working so hard what are we working for you know i don't know then i get deep and and then we're talking about mortality (laughs)
1: I get it, bro. I get it. I've shud my pants too, you know. So Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. I had to get that joke in there.
0: It's a good. One. It's a good. One. Uh, I like it.
1: Yeah, man. You know, so so I guess I guess where my brain goes in this conversation is what about the person, you know, what is going on in my head when I don't meditate? Right? Like I I was just kind of telling you before we started that we've had this I've had this super efficient week, right? Like take care of my wife, crushing at work. The two weeks prior to that, you know, I started off the year really like in my morning routine, food cleanse, eating super healthy. I was, you know, like my brain was on fire. That was January. Then like through mid-February, by mid-February, I started cheating a little bit on my meals and cheating a little bit on my morning routines. By like early March, I was like, Buffalo chicken finger sub and calzone and, <laughs> and, and and not meditating right like what is what is going on brain wise like how the person that buys because I'm about to be this person that owns your journal right like mm-hmm. where, where do I need to go when when I'm when I'm not when I haven't opened up the journal in a couple of days like what does this happen to you right like when you haven't gone to that in a couple of days where do you go there to like re-kick up the the habit to like re-get back into that routine and start doing those little things
0: honestly it's for me it starts the night night before because if i'm making the decision at six o'clock or five o'clock when my alarm goes off on what i'm gonna do i've already lost i i know i mean last night is a great example i had a great friend come into town it's sunday night i know i should be in bed by no later than 10 o'clock on a sunday night if i want my morning to be if I want to have control in my morning and do the things that I enjoy doing in the morning. And I enjoy them. Like, I like working out. I like meditating. I like praying. I like taking my dog for a walk. I like all that stuff. But my buddy came in town and we we had a great dinner at River and Post. And it was awesome. And I haven't seen him in three years. He's one of my favorite people in the entire world. Get home at like 1130. And then like, you got to decompress. So then, I, you know, I'm scrolling through the feeds. And it's 1130. And then by the time I'm in bed, it's like midnight. And I'm a person who's in bed by like 9.30, 10 o'clock. Like, this is late for me. (laughs) I made a decision that, you know, my next morning, I I hit the snooze button three times today. (laughs) Like, the decision was made before I even woke up the day, the day of, you know. Ed Milet, he's a great podcaster, good book called Maxed Out. He, one of his favorite, one of my favorite quotes from him is self-confidence and discipline is keeping the promises we make to ourselves. And so when I make a promise the night before that I'm going to be in bed by 10 so I can wake up on time and honor my commitments of doing that stuff, that's where it starts. It's not It's not the act of the journal. It's not the act of anything else. It's a decision, at least in my opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: What about you? What do you think?
1: You know, I think we... I think we tend to move away from pain faster than we move towards pleasure, man. So like there's times where that pleasure quote is kicking so big. So like you need the pleasure to be really, really high or the pain. Right. So, so there's times where I'm like, when I'm really rolling, I'm very, very motivated. Right. Like right now I'm super motivated. And, but to break myself out of that two week slump that I was in, it was like, my wife's about to have surgery. I need to show the fuck up. And, and I got to get it straight. Right. So like,
0: I'm very reactive. Now was that, was that a pain choice or was that a pleasure choice?
1: I don't know, man. I guess I've never thought of it that way. I, it was a, it was a consequence choice, right? Like it was like, Which the pain. pain. I guess it's pain. The yeah. fear
0: of consequences is the fear of pain.
1: Okay. Then, yeah, then it was a pain choice. Right. And, and I think that is, that's kind of perpetuated throughout my life. Right. Like my, the, I perform really well under pressure, right? Like when the lights are on, I'm good. And I often will self-sabotage until the point where it's like, now I got to come up with a rabbit on the hat. And I always do. And I always fall upwards, right? So so I'm really just trying to build in these guardrails around me. And, and I find that, I prefer you know I, I i truly truly care i'm very intri- extrinsically motivated right like i i care more about the other in general than i do about myself so whenever i tie my goal to to i don't want to let somebody down or you know how it how it how it relates to how this benefits somebody else it tends to work better for me and, you know, this week was a perfect example of that, right? Like it, like, like mm-hmm. I've literally just been a beast because I know that my wife needed it and she's yeah, done it a million times for me, right? So, but in general, you know, I, it, it, it's I interesting know.
0: how the conversation goes from fear of consequences and then you shift it into love. You shift that, you change, you flip the script. Yeah. You said, I have a fear of consequences. I got to do something. And then you motivated yourself through service. Mm, Service. Which is interesting. Like I I had a mentor growing up when I lived in Los Angeles. He's like, everything comes down to fear and love, Steve. Everything comes down to fear and love. And you took fear and you flipped it to love. And then that became your motor, which is so cool. And I love that about you. (laughs) Like your actions, like your, your career in Miami, working with, you know, Eco-friendly building—that's that's out of love for your universe and your world, and wanting to give the, the world you engage with a better world than you came with. When you're motivated by love, like it's amazing because fear and love, in my opinion, can't live in the same space. So if I'm in love, fear doesn't bother me. I'm I'm I'm, I'm crushing life. But if I have fear controlling my life, love can't exist there because I have this myth that I'm separate from love, and that's what for me that's what fear means and when you're in that love space so much wonderful things can happen because it's Teflon like love is Teflon life can hit your boom and it rolls off like and we keep going and you don't need extra love there's always so much of it if we lean into it and that's that's honestly why the last letter of the give all is love because if I start with gratitude and end with love my morning I'm Teflon all day long like I can be motivated all day long and I get to keep that spirit with me wherever I'm going. Uh, And I think that's really rad that you were able to take that, that uncomfortable feeling you had of being in a funk and turn it into service.
1: I mean, dude, you just, Oh, you just shut up. Shaka Zulu spears straight through my feels, man. Like that was. Yeah, bro. Crystal bros, crystal bros. (laughs) (laughs) bros. Man, like nobody's ever put it like that for me, but it makes a lot of sense, man. Like if if instead of if I can flip that narrative to love, because I you say I say it all the time, human beings are happiest when they're in service, right? Like I, I want to be in service. And if I can if and if I can change it from fear of letting somebody down to like motivated by love of propping somebody up and helping somebody else win, that is so much more powerful. And that's that's a microcosm of this week. So then talk to me about. Talk to me about the average person that, like you said, you were on the top of the mountain, but you weren't fulfilled. Did you lack love? Did you have too much fear? Why, why does that happen? Why does why does the person that achieves their goal feel unfulfilled?
0: Expectations. It's a simple thing. Expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And it may be a resentment against yourself, or resentment against circumstances. But expectations, when I when i say when i get here this will be better or when i get here this will be worse when i'm telling the future what's going to happen i'm going to be disappointed no matter what because i do not have a magic potion that gives me you know no shadamas abilities in my life so if you're so focused on the end result that the end result is going to fulfill some some hole in you some some feeling that you that you need to fix It won't fix it. It can't, because it's not there to do that. (laughs) The trying to fall in love with the process is one of the hardest things. Uh, I still struggle with this on a regular basis. Cal Newport's book, uh, Deep Work, is a great example of, you know, people who fall in love with the process are incredibly fulfilled because they're in love with learning that, you know, if they're a woodworker understanding the difference between working with, you know, cedar or nutmeg. I don't know what, but that, that might be accurate. If I'm not, please let me know. But like understanding the process of how to, how to work with those things. And it's the process that they fall in love with. They build the canoe. Great. Canoe's great. Canoe works fine. But learning how to build that canoe in the most efficient, beautiful way possible and falling in love with that. If we can figure out how to do that, that's that's the juice right there because it doesn't matter how it turns out because i did my very best and i gave everything i had in the process and the results aren't my business the work that i do is my business and that's hard because when when you think the results are your business and you get to the top of the mountain and you look around you're like oh this isn't what i expected at all this is rather disappointing or this is like way more work than i wanted to get to <laughs> like when you get to those points because you had an expectation There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be reality versus what your imagined reality is, and there's going to be a disconnect. And I think that's that's the hardest part about life. It's you know, how do we deal with things when they don't go our way? And I'm talking about where my life is right now, rebuilding a business. You know, learning what life is to be, you know, separated from the person I thought I was going to be with forever, and, and like learning how to be a parent separate from that. You know, there's there's a ton of things I didn't expect to happen. But if I remove the expectations, it's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of the call. That means I got rid of the struggle. Because the struggle is my idea of what things are supposed to be versus what they are in reality. That's the struggle. But if I'm in acceptance of reality and where I am right now, then I'm just having experience. And I take the judgment out of the experience. And I take the emotion out of the experience. And then I'm just experiencing it. And then it's a much easier way to live than trying to be at the top of the mountain and telling the world where it's supposed to be. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. When is, when is the first time that you fell in love with the process?
0: Making music. Still in love with that man. Right. Writing uh, a song. So before I got into to real estate, I was a wannabe musician in Los Angeles playing the club scene. I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, because I realized that, I couldn't afford to live in LA anymore. <laughs> and you know, there was still music in Nashville. LA is an entertainment town, Nashville music. at the time was a music town. And so I got there and the whole point of that whole story is is I wanted to be able to write the best possible song I could write. And I imagine a song being like a, a chunk of marble and inside that chunk of marble is David. Inside that chunk of marble is a beautiful statue that I have to chip and chisel away to find the right rhyme pattern, the right melody. The right rhythm, you know, the right mood and experience, and and my job as a songwriter is to take you from here to there, wherever there is supposed to be, or maybe it's just to keep you where you want to be. Maybe we've gotta, I gotta write a sad song because you need to stay sad, you know, eat your your Ben and Jerry's and feel those feelings all the way, so you can be done feeling those feelings and move on to the next feeling. So for me, the falling in love in the process of writing music, man, it's it's the best feeling, man. It's it's creating quite literally nothing. Like from the ether and bringing it into thought and form, and then you listen to it as a, as a listener and say, "Oh my gosh, I went somewhere with you. That's so cool, so yeah, I fell in love with the process through music, and I think the way that's transferred into business is now I get to take that chunk of marble is now, how do I find how do I find joy in making this business you know sing? how do I make the business sing? and what I mean by that is how do we get efficient? How do I still have free time to be a dad? How do I, you know, give exceptional service to people? Cause again, I'm creating something out of nothing. A business is just an idea, yeah. you know, again, this is the crystal bro stuff. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, and, and I think that's what I really enjoy about building businesses and building these things is the process of creating is the coolest part of what I get to do. And then also when we plug people into that process and watch their life and their experience grow and their mentality change and shift to positivity and abundance and realize that you know they were a bartender three weeks ago and now they made as much in one transaction selling a house than they would in an entire month of bartending. That's a pretty cool experience to give to somebody and then watch them grow because of that. That really juices me up. And that's why I love being a, be able to coach people is how do we take your business from here to here? But really what's exciting to me is how do you change from here to here? That, that's, this, that's the process stuff I love.
1: I love it, man. Um, this is awesome, dude. All right. do you want right. I'm like the clump. I love right? you, like I, I, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
0: I, I love you, Crystal, bro. How did, how did we meet, Steve? We met through our friend JT Rhodes who owns a uh, a painting business, and he he owns a couple different businesses as well. I think you guys were Surf Bros. Yeah. Sorry. And he said, "You and Pablo think alike, and you guys are building stuff. You need to meet." And you know, that's that's how we happened. We grabbed a cup of coffee and we we hung out, and we we're like, "Okay, we're friends now. <laughs> uh, we're friends, regardless of what we're doing. We're gonna hang out and learn from each other and grow with each other." And that's you're one of my favorite people I know in in Jacksonville. I'm grateful for you
1: right back at you, man. I, you know, I, I asked that story cause I'm, you know, I, I asked a lot of my guests, how do we meet and why did you choose to become my friend? Right. You know, and, and, and for us particularly, we met like right on my trough, bro. Like we met, like I was, I was at the depths of my like seeking journey where I was at my bottom. And I think from there, it kind of started slowly creeping upwards, but what, what about, what about our meeting for coffee made you want to want to keep me in your life, man. Like, I felt like I didn't have a lot to offer back then. You're a
0: dreamer. You're a dreamer who does shit. Like, I want to be around people who see the world better and do something about it. Mm. I don't hang out with people who talk about changing their life. I hang out with people who change their life. And you were doing that. Like, even though you were in a place that you weren't comfortable with, you you weren't in love with your life, but again, you, t- you were in pain yeah. And you transferred that into an act of service of how do I connect with the most people as possible and connect them with people who can help them grow. It wasn't about you. And you found a way to take that, that you know, uncomfortable place you were in and you changed your life in such a profound way and powerful way. Yeah. I hang out with people who do shit. <laughs> I love it, bro. All right, man. You ready for the lightning round? All right. What is your favorite
1: restaurant? Where is it, and what do you order?
0: Ooh, all right. Favorite restaurant is a little cafe in Los Angeles called the Mustard Seed Cafe. They may have ten tables now because of COVID. They may have two, but there's one server and like three guys behind the line. And they were my friends. Every Monday and Tuesday, I would show up there and have, read a book. And it wasn't about the food. It was about the people. And people, I just fall in love with people. And the food's good. I would have like an egg scramble of some sort and read a book. That's what I would do. That was my, my. I called them Steve dates. I would start there. I'd go to Mustard Seed. And then I would go do some adventure by myself. And I would really recommend everybody go take a Pablo date or a Steve date or a Betsy date. Whatever. Go treat yourself to falling in love with yourself. Next up.
1: Where? Uh, what part of LA is it in, man? That would be Los Feliz. That, oh, you lived by Los. You lived in that
0: area. Yeah. Los Feliz? yeah, yeah. I, I lived on. I lived off Beachwood Canyon for a really long time, and I bartended all over there too.
1: Very cool. Very cool. All right. What content are you most into right now? This could be what book you're obsessed with. It could be what podcast. You know, what influencer are you following? Or what Netflix and series and. And chill, are you like super like watching right now? Like,
0: what is what is the content that's most going through your your ears or your eyes? I'm obsessed with TikTok. It's well, and, and it's not because of like the co- content I'm creating. The content I'm creating, I'm using TikTok as a platform to create a video, and then I blast it on all of my other social networks, mostly because my community, being that I'm a 38-year-old white man, is on Instagram and Facebook. So I use this as a platform to reach those one piece of content that goes everywhere pillar content mm-hmm. but what's fascinating about TikTok is this it's a bunch of people repurposing each other's stuff and it's all positive it's all like oh look what I did with your content i made your thing different or cooler or better or different like it's it's a super collaborative space that's super open, you know, and people who are crushing it in there are John Mayer just came on like three weeks ago because he's got a record coming out in a couple months and he's crushing TikTok. If you're not following him on TikTok, you're missing out on really good music. Like he taught people how to play one of his songs on TikTok. I had a guitar lesson from John Mayer on TikTok. Like that's profound. The way that you can attack and get community so quickly in that space. And it's still early on that you can win in that space, I think.
1: I'm gonna you're the first person to present TikTok to me in a way. Like I get that it's super positive and it's fun. You're the first person to present TikTok to me in a way that I'm like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta start doing some of this. And I'd love to, I'd love to kind of like sit with you and kind of fiddle around on TikTok and, yeah. and see what you're awesome, man. What is something that you were sure about in your 20s that you no longer believe?
0: That I knew anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> that I knew anything. I mean, man, I I thought I was going to be a musician for the rest of my life. I thought I'd live in LA for forever because I was going to be famous. Like like there were so many things that I was sure of. But what I've what I've learned as I've gotten older is be less sure of everything, be more curious.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. So I I don't know if this bleeds into the same thing, but what's your favorite piece of advice that you've ever received or your go-to piece of advice that you really like to give?
0: Oh, best piece of advice I've ever received. Things about my best advice. The first piece of advice I did not heed until much later was, don't drink so much. (laughs) (laughs) Took a long time to figure that one out. And the other piece was remain curious. You know, I have a spiritual way of life and I'm told that I will be contacted like if I continue to seek, I will have a relationship because I'm seeking that relationship. And I'm curious about that relationship. And that's really important to me that I'm constantly trying to date my higher power, my God. And because when you're dating, you're trying to cultivate a relationship. So that's the res- what I've received. And what I give to people, if there's any message that I leave anybody, is that you are perfect the way you are. Even... I know that sounds so cliche, but what I mean by that is like you were divinely designed, and you're perfect the way you are. And the minute we accept that and understand that I'm here, so let's make something fucking rad with my life. If everybody embraced that, and then we embrace that other people are fucking rad and divine, like how cool would that world be? Like, like that's. If we can all embrace that and lean into, I love myself. I'm divinely designed. So are you. Let's rock. God, our world would be so beautiful. And that's what I would love to see.
1: Buddy, I I could not be a bigger ally to you in that mission, right? Like that is what I'm here to, that's what, right? Like everybody has value, right? Like we are, Mm -hmm. you are enough. I am enough. Everybody has value. Let's see it in other people, man. That was beautiful, man. That touched me. Steve, before I ask you the last question, I'm gonna to link to the givealljournal.com. I highly suggest our friend that just hung out with us. If you're not buying this dude's journal, uh, I don't know, I don't know why you listen to this podcast, right? Like your Instagram, I I am Steve Shane on IG. Is that also your TikTok? Oh uh, yes, it is. I am Steve Shane.
0: Letter I, letter
1: M. Yeah, correct. Letter I, letter M. Steve Shane is. I'm going to link to that. But right now is your chance to, you know, give a pitch for the journal, promote whatever you want to promote. Like right now, it's your stage to to send somebody or how to get in contact with you. Whatever you want to say right now.
0: Yeah, come come hang out with me. on, there's we also have an Instagram for the journal. It's the Give All Journal Instagram, and you know. If you want to come hang out and, and learn about what we're doing with the journal, that's where it is. I'm on TikTok making some funny videos about real estate. That's a fun place to hang out. And definitely check out the, the website, givealljournal.com. And we would really, really love for some people to you know jump in and use this tool and share their experience with others. Actually, what I would like to do is, Pablo, I'd love for you to pick like three people who comment on this you know distribution. Pick three of them. I'm going to give your three favorite people uh, hard copy versions of this for free. And okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just you enjoy. It right
1: now, if you've heard this podcast, email me at you should connect with Pablo, you should at connect with Pablo.com. And I will connect you immediately to Steve to get free drones.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Um, sure. I'd love for you guys to get it in your hands and use it. I think uh, it it makes a profound impact in your life.
1: Awesome, man. I've never had anybody do that. Let, let, let's, let let's see if our friend listening right now is going to take action. I've never had a direct outreach. To I hang family. out with people who do shit. <laughs> True that Steve, last question I ask everybody, where do you find community? Where do I find community? I can,
0: I find community with people who do shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Say words, son. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. More.
0: I love Say it no more.
1: Buddy, I'm so happy we did this, man. Right. Like, well, I, I, like I'll be, man, from from the moment I've met you, every interaction I have with you brings a smile to my face, right? Like, I'm glad that we've gotten closer and closer. I'm glad that, you know, we have this like spike ball ritual that makes it me more consistent. But being able to spend this, you know, one hour really picking your brain and your zone of genius without me just talking about myself all the time has, has just very much, you're such an awesome guy, man. And like, I, I, I really, I I love you to pieces, man. Like you're just, you're just this like bright, bright light every time that you're around me. And I need more people like that in my life, man. So I'm just really, really grateful that we did this. I'm really, really grateful to have you as a friend and I want to support you and, you know, selling this journal and selling real estate, whatever I can, man. So thank you for doing this, bro.
0: I'm grateful for everybody I love you so much and like I, like I said you know I, I love being around you and I love that the journey you're on and I'm super excited to be in the front row watching it so keep it up you're the best man awesome
1: the key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage where you can have conversations with people getting to know them, Understanding their value and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website. Because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go
0: to connectwithpablo.com.